0: with another episode of The Other Side of Paradise. An update now to the case of Peter Boy Kema, the adorable six-year-old we know only through home videos taken by his loving grandmother. She can be heard prompting the Gila boy to sing and say, Aloha into the camera. Peter Boy had been abused almost since birth in 1991, when doctors found fractures at just weeks old, injuries from his father. The state took him and his siblings away from the parents, and for years, their grandparents gave them a wonderful home where they thrived. But in 1995, the state sent them back to their abusive parents. It was a death sentence for the boy, and now his sisters and brother are suing for what they endured and what they witnessed as children.
1: Smacks, sticks, belt, um, get slammed on the ground, thrown in the wall.
0: Alan Nicole is Peter Boy's older brother. Did he abuse all the kids equally? Was it the same punishment?
1: No, I mean Peter Boy got the most of it, unfortunately. Why? I couldn't tell you why. It was just the way it was.
0: After Peter Boy was reported missing, the other children were taken away from the parents for good. Bumper stickers, flyers were plastered all over Hilo. For 17 years, the case stalled, even though the parents were the only suspects. It wasn't until 2016, that police and prosecutors were able to permanently separate Jalen Kema from her husband. I was there asking her about her missing son as officers put her in a patrol car. Jalen, what happened to your son? Jalen, will you tell police what happened to your son? Where is Peter Boy, Jalen? Later that year, Jalen Kema would plead guilty, admitting in court that she failed to get Peter Boy medical attention. It was the first time we learned the boy was dead. A wound caused by his father became infected. The flesh on his arm rotted for weeks and he suffered. His father punished the siblings when they asked about him.
1: The children were there and they watched it happen and couldn't do anything about it. They knew it was wrong. They knew this kid was being mistreated, they didn't understand why, and they were helpless. And the state failed them.
0: Attorney Randall Rosenberg represents Peter Boy's brother and two sisters who filed a civil claim in 2018 alleging negligence by the State Department of Human Services, the agency, over Child Welfare Services. State's attorneys tried and failed to get that claim thrown out, saying the statute of limitations expired because Peter Boy died in 1997.
1: We've received a preliminary ruling uh, from the court, from the trial judge, who has indicated that uh, the complaint against the state of Hawaii and the parents was timely filed. So there's no statute of limitations defense. The state wishes to appeal that ruling And uh, that's part of the process, we understand that. And so we now have to wait until the Supreme Court or the Intermediate Court of Appeals addresses uh, their concerns.
0: What were they trying to say? What was their argument that they're sticking with and appealing on?
1: So the state of Hawaii feels that 19 and a half years to file the complaint uh, against the state was too long. Uh, We explained that it wasn't uh, our client's fault that the information which would have allowed them to file a complaint did not exist until the confession uh, of the parents as to what happened to Peter Boyd. The state is uh, being conservative and trying to say that there was enough information uh, for them to have filed earlier, but the court agreed with us that there was not.
0: That's a big win because they're, they're trying to say, you needed to file this two years after Peter went missing.
1: Correct. That's certainly their main argument.
0: That's ridiculous. We, we didn't know he was dead. People were still out looking for him two years after.
1: And they were young, uh, and they had an unstable situation where they were being moved around uh, to different uh, foster parents. There was just no way that this could have been done. Uh, and, and everybody knows that.
0: What's the state's liability here? Is, is it because they returned Peter Boy or they just didn't check on him properly?
1: So they had returned Peter Boy uh, in 1995. Uh, The court had closed the protective proceeding. In January of 1997, uh, one of the social workers testified recently that she got a call from the grandparents. The grandparents said Peter Boy has injuries to his arm. He was bandaged and he had a black eye. The parents came in to make, the grandparents came in to make that complaint in January of 97 and she testified that she called her supervisor in Hilo, who was in charge of that case, and was told to just log it in uh, as an event into the computer system, and she said she did so. Uh, That report disappeared. It has not been found to date. It does not currently exist, as far as we know, because the grandparents also talked to the police. So we have both uh, the social worker's testimony backed up by the police report, which was made contemporaneously, that that's what was going on, and that the grandparents made the report. So there is no doubt that this happened. What happened to the report after it got to DHS, nobody knows.
0: Three months after that report of abuse, another outcry was made. Peter Boy's cousin told his therapist that Peter Boy was being abused by his father. The therapist reported it to DHS. That was April of
1: 1997. His father had broken his arm and he was being forced to eat dog feces. That report sat for two months in DHS before it was assigned to an investigator. The investigator went out in June looking for Peter Boy. Nobody saw him after that. The main claim against the state is that they had two chances to save Peter Boy and they completely blew it. And they know that. They did an in house investigation. They agreed that the April 4th matter should have been assigned right away, but that it wasn't because they were busy and because they didn't think that the report was credible, that there was not a prior history of abuse to Peter Boy that would make them think that there was a problem. And that is absolutely ridiculous. And the records themselves show that that's a lie.
0: Why is DHS fighting this then? When when you say it like that, how can they possibly keep fighting this and appealing?
1: The state deals with public funds and they're accountable to the public. Uh, there's an argument to be made that this is going to be a multi-seven-figure settlement if it ever gets to the point of settlement. An argument can be made that they should avail themselves of any defense that they have before they pay the taxpayers money, and we understand that argument. I can tell you that the former director of DHS, uh, who just left uh, last year, very much wanted to settle. but. Apparently, he was in uh, disagreement with the folks who controlled the purse strings.
0: He's talking about lawmakers. Some in the legislature discouraged quick settlement despite all the overwhelming evidence.
1: I believe that they're taking a position that makes sense in certain circumstances. If I was the decision maker on the other side, and this is the analysis we always go through when we represent one side, we try to look at it from the other point of view, I would settle it. Because the risk uh, of them losing on this issue, just for self-interest, uh, it's going to change obviously what it's going to take to resolve the case once we have this ruling affirmed by the appellate court.
0: It's taken so long. These kids have been through so much already.
1: They're very special kids.
0: When you mean special, what does that mean?
1: So. I think that we would expect that people who went through this kind of abuse uh, would be uh, difficult uh, and angry all the time, but that's not who these kids are.
0: Yeah, you get emotional every time you talk about it. Why, Randy? Why does this one hit you right there?
1: I've got kids too, and it's hard to imagine what they've gone through. I struggle with it, and I struggle with the delays.
0: People always say, the money doesn't make up for what happens. What does it bring to these families?
1: I think that the first thing is, uh, and it's, maybe it's a cliche, but it's accountability. It's the acknowledgement publicly that a serious mistake was made. And sometimes the only way you can get accountability uh, is for them to have to pay money because that's the only time they care is if they're forced to pay money for something. That's what it takes.
0: The state's appeal of the statute of limitations could add years more to the court battle for a family that has already suffered for decades. Amlin Kawano. mahalo for listening.